0: Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union label. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government.
1: From my
2: cold, dead hands. I'm
1: concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected.
0: It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan.
3: Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm every ears Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left-right, black-white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. If this is indeed your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies, and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed-thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturdays, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we'd love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right, the Alan Nathan Show's entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you, reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week. Again, all thanks to you. And by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right, please get out of the thought control business. By the way, our thanks to all the live streaming sites that carry us, the multitude of podcasting networks out there of course you can also hear us on apple and pod chaser and podcast addict and it goes on and on and on all podcast beam and i, I can't even think of dozens and dozens and just uh, i want to thank them all so much we're all over the world you know and we're having a blast um now again you got the department of education uh, department of energy and the fbi admitting together that covid did indeed come from china's wuhan lab and this really con- contributes to a very very quickly, growing list of facts that have been censored by government partisans via their media proxies. We're talking about the underselling of natural immunity. Remember that the overselling of masks and the wrongful citing uh, of Hunter Biden's laptop as "quote unquote" Russian spy crap. Remember got that from James Clapper, former uh, director of national intelligence. He's been backpedaling that, say, "Oh, taken out of context." Now. You made it very specific. You thought it was classic example of Russian spycraft, schmuck. We haven't forgotten what you've said. John Brennan, you too. 51 of these idiots came up with that letter, making it abundantly clear. That, I think it went off to political picked it up, and then others. Made it abundantly clear that, oh, we shouldn't really look at the Hunter Biden laptop story a little, just prior to the election of 2020 because it was a classic example of Russian spycraft. You know now, and they think they have an escape clause because, in par- partly in there, they say, "Well, we don't have absolute proof of this." Like that's their it, that's their escape hatch for escaping accountability. There's their escape hatch from do- for dodging accountability. After they were perfectly willing to allow all the liberal media outlets to constantly reference it as a justification for defending Joe Biden, who himself also said 50-plus intelligence experts have called this crap, have called this uh, propaganda from Russia. They never came out and spoke up when Joe Biden did that. They never spoke against him, characterizing that report as a defense for his son and, more importantly, for himself. This guy has now been caught red-handed lying about two major things that he supposedly didn't know his son's business associates who were con- uh, engaged in such nefarious activities. We now know that he did because through emails on that laptop, we see that he had meetings with them, that he met them at events. And also through the laptop, we find that Joe Biden was aware of the business advantages that were bestowed upon him through these relationships. So he lied about not having known him. And he lied about not having a participatory role in the business because he's been enjoying the funds. This is courtesy of the nefarious behavior of both his son, Hunter, as well as his brother, James. Now, at one point or another, some comeuppance has to be realized. Because the alternative is not pretty. But anyway. Let's just look at the latest revelation from the Department of Energy. They've admitted that COVID most likely came from China's Wuhan lab. So we're wondering, is it possible that maybe the woke left government bureaucrats and officials are finally suffering some breaches in their censorial wall of propaganda? I hope so. Because generally speaking, they've been characterizing dissent against woke government narratives as, as, as examples of, of racism or, or, or conspiracy theories. And, you know, this is despite the functional illiteracy of the first, and and really there being nothing inaccurate with the label of the second. For instance, let's look at what constitutes a conspiracy, okay? The only thing required to prove a conspiracy is to demonstrate that two or more people committed wrongdoing together. Isn't that correct? So woke lefties really don't pack much of a punch when trying to shame folks as conspiracy theorists if all they've done is to successfully show that wrongdoing was indeed committed by two or more people. And when government tag-teamed with their media proxies to censor COVID debate to suppress facts, these were conspiratorial acts by definition, were they not? As I mentioned before, hell, bank robberies are conspiracies because a couple of people are getting together and determining how to do wrong. Let's just look at what happened what, June of last year. NBC had the headline, natural immunity offers greater COVID protection than vaccine, study finds. What was that study? The New England Journal of Medicine. Now, scientists who were saying these things just a half a year prior to that were muzzled by lefties in government via big tech, and they were said to be conspiracy theorists. Well, that censorship has proven to be a conspiracy, has it not? Since more than two committed wrongdoing in bringing about that censorship. Where am I mistaken? And now, of course, the Department of Energy acknowledges the likelihood that COVID originated from a Chinese government virology lab in Wuhan. While very recently, let's not forget, the gold standard Cochrane study showed that masks have little to no efficacy in stopping the transmission of COVID. And again, scientists who were saying these things before those dates were also muzzled by lefties in government via big tech. Well... Haven't those acts of censorship also proven to be conspiratorial since, again, more than two committed wrongdoing in bringing about that kind of censorship? And and again, it's all part of the left's rapacious, power-hungry drive for control. It's all about control, just so they can impose their deceptively labeled racial justice and, and social justice terms, despite... The first really having nothing to do with equality, while the second has absolutely nothing to do with societal justice. Or maybe I'm being too strident with my observations, but I don't believe so. I mean, these are all tactics that are all components of socialism. That's it. Where am I mistaken? Aren't these tactics all just components of socialism relabeled as social justice via identity politics? Because here's the formula, people. Relabel socialism as social justice, okay? And then attach it to a racial identity group, thus ensuring that any criticism leveled against socialism can now be characterized as an attack against the racial identity group behind which that socialism has been both labeled, or relabeled, I should say, and placed. That's all they've done. That's their trick. Take the word socialism, rename it as social justice, then attach it to a racial identity group so as to ensure that any criticism thrown at socialism can now be characterized as an actual attack against the racial identity group behind which that socialism has been both positioned and relabeled. Where the hell am I off the mark in any way, shape, or form? Where am I wrong in the least infinitesimal fashion possible? Please remember, their wokeism really is enslavement. It's enslavement camouflaged as a fight for alleged fairness that's really nothing more than forced parity. And that type of thing should never be confused with equality, okay? I mean, there's always a difference between state-imposed parity versus freedom-based equality, is there not? As I've said before, your right to equal opportunity is not an entitlement to equal success. And that's really... The woke's Achilles' heel. That's their kryptonite. I'm sorry. This idea that you're, you're, you're entitled to equal outcome regardless of your effort or talents or, or performance is ridiculous. And if we go that way, we're going to stop advancing in all the fields we hold dear, like science. What? <laughs> what motivation is there for anybody to excel in science or business or engineering or any kind of technology if those who do excel and put out more and work harder... Are given no greater reward than the people who don't perform as well, don't work as hard, don't care as much. Come on. You're listening to the Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Gonna be right back.
4: According to the new State of Security Preparedness 2023 study released by Avanti, approximately half of respondents said they are very prepared to meet the growing threat landscape, but expected safeguards are ignored a third of the time, and leaders are actually four times more likely to be victims of phishing compared to office workers. Avanti's CEO, Jeff Abbott.
1: Ivanti surveyed 6,500 executive leaders, cybersecurity professionals, and office workers globally to understand the perception of today's cybersecurity threats and to find out how companies are preparing for next generation cyber terror threats. The overwhelming majority of security professionals and leaders, 97%, told us their organizations are as prepared or more prepared today than one year ago. However, the threat of the unknown is as real as ever. In fact, only one in five of those same cybersecurity professionals would wager a chocolate bar on the state of their readiness.
4: To learn more, visit Ivanti.com slash cybersecurity report. It has been over 30 years since Hurricane Andrew devastated South Florida. That storm marked the beginning of the Home Depot being a hub for help during disasters, a tradition that continues today. To commemorate those efforts, the company is releasing a new film called Hope Bills. Briar Waterman, Senior Director, Creative Design of the Home Depot. Drawing from interviews and using archive footage, we trace the origin, growth, and sophistication of the Home Depot's
3: disaster relief efforts, demonstrating it is deeply connected to the values of the company and our unwavering support to our communities during their times of need. Whether it be a veteran in need or a community devastated by a natural disaster, Home Depot associates go beyond the job, beyond the 9 to 5 to make sure that their neighbors and communities are taken care of. This documentary is a prime example.
4: To learn more about the film or for Help Creating Your Emergency Supply Kit, visit your local Home Depot or the homedepot.com/hopebills.
5: Hey what's up everybody? I'm Jason Droulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States including yours, but they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is
1: dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's
6: dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
3: Back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year yours, Alan Nathan, the middle tip moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us, uh, covering a number of issues here today. Um, but uh, primarily, we're talking about the egg that must be all over the face of so many on the left, because the Department of Energy, as well as the FBI, admit that COVID did indeed likely come from China's Wuhan lab. Uh, thus swelling the list of facts censored by government partisans via media proxies. Um, You know, don't forget, they did this with underselling natural immunity, overselling masks, and, of course, uh, infamously wrongly citing Hunter Biden's laptop as, quote-unquote, Russian spycraft. Uh, The question for me is, is it pitchfork time? Before I get to my lustrous guest, uh, let me go ahead and um, prevail upon my trusty in-studio producer, James uh, Felix To go ahead and let's share with everybody clip 15. Now, folks, this is going to be on the uh, uh, Sean Hannity show. You're going to hear him first uh, doing what we've done ourselves, reference the Washington Post, New York Times quotations from February 2020, um, saying that the idea of COVID coming from a Wuhan lab was a universally debunked conspiracy theory. Now they look so ridiculous in retrospect. Uh, But he'll also be sharing with you some clips Um, MSNBC's Joe Scarborough, MSNBC's Katie Turr, as well as MSNBC's Brian Williams, all looking like schmucks in retrospect. Uh, Clip 15, James, if you please. The Washington Post
1: called his lab leak theory a, quote, debunked conspiracy. The New York Times said it was was fringe, but they weren't the only ones. Take a look. Tom Cotton, a couple of days ago, uh, spouting a conspiracy theory that the
2: Chinese... Made yeah. this virus up at oh, the lab. and there you go.
6: Senator uh, Tom Cotton actually closed uh, his office this morning, uh, calling uh, calling it the Wuhan uh, virus. As as he did so, um, and he has of course been out uh, in public talking about uh, conspiracy theories, frankly, as to where the virus came from. Giving just the whiff
1: of credibility there on television and on social media to a conspiracy theory going around that the coronavirus originated and was perhaps man made inside a lab in China.
3: So I think it's fair to say that from this point on, anytime the government and the fourth estate tag team to demonize and censor those who dare to question their supremacy in public discourse, the American people will be able to credibly tell them all to get stuffed because all they got to do is point to their own self-invalidating history. We have insist assisting in the opining and analyzing Jeffrey Lord, old friend of the show, uh, contributing editor to the American Spectator, also contributed to Newsbusters and Conservative Review. Additionally, he's a former CNN political commentator. He was also associate political director for President Ronald Reagan and uh, additionally worked for housing secretary uh, Jack Kemp, the late Jack Kemp, uh, doing so under President George H.W. Bush. By the way, his most recent book is Swamp Wars, Donald Trump and the New American Populism versus the Old Order. Jeffrey Lord, good to have you back, buddy. How are you today?
7: Hello, my friend. I'm uh, I'm great. You know, I, I I see stories like the one you're talking about, and it just makes me laugh. <laughs> you know,
3: I completely yeah. agree. And you know who else brought about laughter? I guess because while I'm knocking the left a lot, I will give uh, credit uh, to some humorists on the left who were not so quick to walk in lockstep with their their left wing brethren. They they saw it as kind of silly and risky. Um, and, and made a joke about it. And they did so too, you know, at, at much risk to themselves. But now, of course, uh, they have a lot of credibility because they were brave when it was tough to be so. Uh, let's go yeah. ahead and listen to John Stewart. Uh, he's throwing doubt on, on people who mock the Lab League theory. And he did so with uh, some humor and even got the audience to laugh with. And this was back in June uh, of 2021. He's on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert, sort of uh, in a smarmy fashion, says, "Well, you don't really think there's there's anything to this, do you?" And and just, and C- Stewart sort of disabuses him. Clip twelve, James, if you please.
2: What what, what do you mean? by that? Do you mean like well, so this we perhaps there's there's a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A chance? Well, but so, I do I, 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 Oh I, my God! There's evidence. I'd love to hear it. There's I just don't a know. N- novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask the wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab the disease is the same name as the lab (laughs) that's just that's just a little too weird don't you think and then they ask the scientists they're like how did this so wait a minute you work at the wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab how did this happen and they're like "Mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle (laughs) and you're like no
3: (laughs) you gotta love it right I mean, John Stewart has some bragging rights right now, does he not?
7: Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And, and he's taking them. I just saw uh, a piece somewhere here uh, this morning that uh, he talks about how people went after him for this, and he turned out to be right. And you know, the thing that, that just gets me about something like this, Alan, is you, know, you and I are not nuclear engineers. But, but the most basic common sense says when you've got something like this, that appears in a town where they've got a lab that does this, that, yeah, quite possibly it could have escaped from there. You know, as as, as an accident, I mean, I have no idea whether it's uh, deliberate or not, but certainly, at a minimum, an accident. And, and the notion that this was not possible and was somehow laughable and stupid and a conspiracy theory was just stupid itself.
3: It was stupid itself, and, and uh, sort of echoing that same logic... We have to give kudos to Bill Maher, who also took the same uh, brave step in criticizing those who wanted to suppress the COVID lab leak theory. Uh, It's in a form of HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher. Let's get to this one very quickly. Clip 14. James, if you please.
1: I find this outrageous. Facebook banned any post for four months about COVID coming from a lab. Of course, now even the Biden administration is looking into this. A Wall Street Journal reporter asked the head of Google's health division, noticed that they don't do autofill searches for coronavirus lab leak the way they do it for any other question. And the guy said, well, we want to make sure the search isn't leading people down pathways that we f- would find to be not authoritative information. Well, you were wrong, Google and Facebook. Right. We don't know. The reason why we want you is because we're checking on this sh- He said, we want to ensure the first thing users see is information from the CDC, the WHO. That's who I'm checking on. The WHO has been very corrupt about a lot of shit, and the CDC has been wrong about a lot of shit. This is outrageous that I can't look this information up, and now they're doing it with this drug, Ivermectin. YouTube should not be telling me what I can see about Ivermectin. Ivermectin isn't a registered Republican. It's a drug. I don't know if it works or not, and a lot of other doctors don't either.
3: I'm hoping to God, Jeffrey Lord, that these two feel that much more emboldened to continue uh, correcting the left when they're so obviously just blind with their partisanship and are just completely intolerant of all dissent. Your sense of it?
7: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know John Stewart, but I do know Bill Maher. I've been on his show a couple times. He's a seriously smart, thoughtful guy. I mean, his job in life uh, is, is to be a comedian, and and you know he's he's great at that. But he, he also thinks seriously about issues of the day. I don't always agree with him, but I know that when when you talk with him, he's thought through issue A, B, or C. And quite clearly, he's thought this one through and, and came to what I think is just a, a, an absolutely logical conclusion. And and speaking out about, you know, the censors and all this, I mean, good Lord, we've got people doing this all the time now. And, uh, you know, this is just not good. It's... Uh, decidedly un-American.
3: Really, and what they don't realize is that they might be taking advantage of the media, uh, the disproportionate grasp they have uh, over the media right now, but they're actually setting a precedent uh, to perhaps have their own perspectives marginalized through censorship, and they won't have any moral authority to object because they will have once they will have before been one of its practitioners. Actually, Jeffrey Lord, if you can hang on the line for just a, bo- a moment. Folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back.
4: We definitely
5: want to make sure that we don't overfeed our animals because feeding our animals more is not love. You know, there's so many other ways you can show love, like throwing a ball and walking them and giving them a little extra love. There's
7: the annual End Obesity Campaign by Hills is wonderful for a guy like me and Dr. Hodges who are practicing veterinarians because it's obesity, like you said, is one of those um, illnesses or conditions that we see most in the veterinary hospital. And it can be very difficult sometimes talking to clients about, you know, their patient being obese, you know, but Heals with their campaign has given us the tool to be able to get this message across. And it's something that they do annually. They've invested a lot of time, a lot of money into the research, into the pet food that we can use to help these animals that are obese. So you can go to inpetobesity.com and you can
5: learn a whole lot more about how you can actually use the love test, as well as learn more about Hills Pet Nutrition and ways to control your pet's weight.
1: Hi there, it's Joe Montana. Life After Football has been full of taking my shot at new things. Now I'm working with Pfizer to tell you about pneumococcal pneumonia, pneumococcal pneumonia should be the last thing standing in your way pneumococcal pneumonia is a potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can strike any time of year it can disrupt your life for weeks and in severe cases it can put you in the hospital and even be life-threatening and joe knows that vaccination is one of the best ways to help protect himself from pneumococcal pneumonia if you're 65 or older or 19 or older with certain underlying medical conditions like asthma, COPD, chronic heart disease, or diabetes, talk to your doctor or pharmacist about the risk of pneumococcal pneumonia and whether vaccination is right for you. Understand your risk at pneumonia.com That's K-N-O-W pneumonia.com. This is your shot. This message is brought to you by Pfizer.
8: You know that feeling...
2: is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
8: I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness.
4: That's Dr. Dejana Figuerella a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget.
8: It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything.
4: Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council.
6: Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. For years... Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create superviruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. Doctors Barrick and Shi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus and then use this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Dr. Barrett does
1: not doing gain of function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina.
0: Not you don't think inserting in a bat
6: virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function? That is you would not be in the minority, because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not.
3: So he's uh, Dr. Fauci at the time was first denying that it was going on and then added, but if it is going on, it's following strict guidelines. Gain of function. Uh, every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. we are listening to an exchange from May of 2021 between uh, Senator Rand Paul, Republican out of Kentucky who's on the committee uh, grilling Dr. Fauci to just describe what gain of function is. And then explains the collaboration that took place between an American doctor and a Chinese doctor at the Wuhan lab that matches the definition of gain of function research. Dr. Fauci, uh, formerly head of the NIAID, said that th- that is not gain of function research. We now know that we now all know that it was, of course. Uh, and, and then definitively says that Amer- the American doctor was not conducting it. But if he is, uh, it would only be within the strictest of guidelines. Uh, it, it's just too much of a joke to be funny. Uh, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing old friend of the show, Jeffrey Lord, contributing editor to the American Spectator, also contributor to Newsbusters and Conservative Review. He's also a former CNN political commentator. We're talking about the fact that the Department of uh, Energy and the FBI are admitting that COVID indeed came from China's Wuhan lab. Uh, adding to the list of facts censored by government partisans via media proxies. We're talking about facts like the un, uh, like underselling natural immunity because it does outperform um, uh, vaccine immunity, at least according to the uh, Journal of uh, Medicine, the, the New England Journal of Medicine. Also, uh, you know, we, we, we found out that uh, masks were oversold, at least according uh, to uh, the Cochrane study, which is the gold standard of such studies. And of course, everyone remembers how uh, wrong it was when uh, the Hunter Biden laptop story was characterized uh, by the left as Russian spycraft. You had 50 plus uh, intel officers coming out and calling it Russian spycraft. Now, of course, they're 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 running away from that, claiming, "Oh, we were taken out of context." And the prevarication is just endless uh, these days. This is the damage and the horror that can happen when you have government tag-teaming with the media to censor Americans. They think that uh, they get to violate the First Amendment just because they're doing so by proxy. They most assuredly do not. They're in stone-cold violation of the Constitution, unambiguously so. Uh, Jeffrey Lord, isn't that fair to say?
7: Yes, absolutely, it's fair to say. Uh, You know, we've got ourselves a real problem here with this combination of big tech, big media, and big government. Um, suppressing, you know, story A, B, or C, That, whether it's Hunter Biden or whether it's uh, the idea that the, the virus came from China, from Wuhan, and all this kind of thing. One of the things that really got to me early on was when President Trump would refer to the virus as the China virus, and they would get all upset and censor and all of this kind of thing. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I had the German measles. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You know, you get one thing after another that, that is uh, a, a disease appears on the scene, and it's generally, uh, and I, I went and took a look at the, uh, the Center for Disease Control. They're generally named after their source. You know, Ebola is named after a, a, a river in, in Africa, I believe it was, yes. a, a section of Africa. Um, the Spanish flu from World War I. <laughs> well, that's because that's where it they, they yeah, decided it's not disparaging.
3: It's not disparaging of the ethnicity of the people that comprise the country from which no. the, the ailment originates. It is a geog- geographical reference so people can follow your explanation. It really is astonishing what they're trying to pull. Uh, you know, the Washington Examiner had an op-ed. Uh, the title was Never Forget Those Who Shut Down COVID-19 Debate to Protect China. And uh, one of their excerpts reads, as follows: the COVID know-it-alls. Ignorance and arrogance arise from the same ideologically motivated reasoning that impelled news media to suppress true stories about Hunter Biden's inculping inculpating laptop. But the ramifications of COVID-19 are far worse because the laptop didn't make more than half a billion people sick or kill 7 million of them. Uh, End of excerpt. Now, my friend, that's really the most infuriating thing about the government's censorship via media proxy in this instance? Is it not because millions were killed because of their censorial acts, were they not?
7: Yes, absolutely. I mean, an unbelievable, mind-boggling amount of damage was done in terms of uh, deaths of people all around the globe, uh, their illness, their sickness, and all of this kind of thing. I mean, that is a real-world outcome. And and uh, you, you know I, I for the sake of the argument I'm willing to grant that they didn't do it deliberately, but deliberately or not, uh, the impact is still the same, and uh, to, to deny it is to open us uh, up to you know a future a future problem here where we just pretend that it doesn't exist. You know, not good.
3: You're saying what wasn't done deliberately? The Chinese release of the COVID, or, or uh...
7: yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, you know. Well, you know what? It's I, I, funny
3: I mean, you I'm... should. It's funny you should bring that up because I'm reading a story here. Uh, it's out of Fox News. It's about Dr. Li Mengyan um, saying that the Chinese Communist Party government intentionally released COVID-19 wow. all over the world. She's a virologist. The uh, story goes on to say a Chinese virologist who sounded the alarm in early 2020 about where the coronavirus came from said Monday, just yesterday, that the U.S. has reached a quote-unquote milestone achievement after a classified intelligence report from the Energy Department reportedly found the virus most likely originated in a Chinese lab. Dr. Mi, uh, Dr. Li Meng told Tucker Carlson tonight... Uh, in September 2020, that the Chinese government intentionally manufactured and released the COVID-19 virus, leading to nationwide shutdowns and deaths. Um, Now, Carlson asked Yan on Monday if she still believes the virus was intentionally released nearly three years after the pandemic started, and her, her statement is, quote, of course, it was not an accident, she responded. Now, my friend, this would be tantamount to an act of war or am i disconnected from the queens and from the king's english here i mean unless language no, no, is no longer not, tethered Alex. unless language is no longer tethered to the meanings of the words that comprise it these pieces yeah. of crap in the government of china have committed a de- have declared war on us they committed an act of war even if they haven't declared war they most assuredly have committed an act of war have they not
7: yeah. And, and you know, I, I I keep going back to something President Reagan said at his first press conference when he was asked, after we were sworn in as president, when he was asked how he would deal with the Soviet Union. And, and he broke all precedent. You know, he wasn't talking about detente. He wasn't talking about any of that kind of stuff that had gone on before. He said, these are people who reserve under themselves the right to lie, to cheat, to steal. And I think when you do business with them, you need to be very careful. Well, you mean, good lord! You should have heard the reaction from the White House press corps. You know, presidents weren't supposed to talk about that kind of thing and and be so blunt about the actual truth of dealing with a Soviet Union communist. And I I think we have to be extraordinarily aware that communist China wants to basically run the world, uh, and and run the West out of it, as it were. And and so, in that sense, I, I'm not sure that anything. Is, is beyond them. Um, that's not to say I've got the proof of it, but but what you're, the, the, the doctor that you're quoting there, and I think I did see her on Tucker uh, uh, quite a while back, when I think about it, uh, I, you know, wow. I mean, we need to be getting to the bottom of this and find out the absolute truth. Because really, if and you know why? Just
3: because the folks about whom you're concerned are of a particular ethnic uh, category doesn't mean that criticism of their behavior as a government is tantamount to criticism of their ethnicity. That's simplistic, it's unevolved, it's evolutionarily regressive. Um, And you know the Chinese people who live here in America would be the first to agree because they're sick and tired of people and their families being dragged off to these Chinese police stations that we have in our country. You know, I mean, this is this is a vile, disgusting thing happening. There is a difference between issues relevant to racial conflict versus issues relevant to conflict that just might transpire between people who are not of the same race. As I've said before, a black guy and a white guy can argue over the same things that might be argued by two blacks, two whites, two Hispanics, two Asians, two Middle Easterners. Uh, but for some reason, uh, if the people in disagreement happen to not be of the same ethnic uh, background, well... The big deal is not the issue about which they're disagreeing but the fact that they're not of the same pigmentation while having the disagreement. That is evolutionarily regressive is it not sir?
7: Absolutely, absolutely. These people use race all the time, the people who argue like this and they've been doing it forever. Which so exposes
3: their own which exposes their own racism. Folks going to be right back. Sponsored by IBM. IBM is transforming how it engages with business partners through the launch of IBM Partner Plus a single integrated program to help deepen partners' technical expertise, accelerate time to market, and win with clients. New and existing partners will experience a transparent, simple, and modern program anchored around three pillars – competitive incentives, insider access, and enhanced support and benefits. Partners can grow skills, develop solutions, and build sales expertise using IBM technology. Kate Woolley, General Manager, IBM Ecosystem.
9: We are introducing IBM Partner Plus a new program built hand-in-hand with our partners to help them gain skills, grow faster, and earn more. By offering access to the same education, programs, and hands-on training that IBMers get, we are better equipping partners to bring the power of AI and hybrid cloud to our clients.
3: For more information, visit ibm.com partnerplus
6: The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation.
9: there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving find out more at nsc.org slash callskill
4: if you came across someone struggling with hunger how would you recognize them by their clothes their age, the way they speak would you notice a 16 year old boy Boy, who got got his his first first job job, not for
8: extra spending money but to help feed his little sisters
4: or a mother who is in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity, not to make friends, but just to get something to eat. Or a retiree who fell ill and had to to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day, but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in in America.
2: America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council.
6: The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned, accessible homes and vehicles, and access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans' organization has provided more real time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Man, these two hours have flown by. Very quickly, uh, the Department of uh, Energy and the FBI, of course, are, are now both admitting that COVID did indeed come from China's Wuhan lab. Uh, thus swelling the list of facts censored by government partisans via their media proxies. We're talking about the underselling of natural immunity and the overselling of masks and wrongly citing Hunter Biden's laptop as quote-unquote Russian spycraft. The big question is, is it pitchfork time? Now, before I get to my illustrious guest, I want to give credit where credit is due again uh, to uh, some folks on the left who have the... Temerity to walk away from their left-wing brethren, and um, they're out of the they're out of the humor section of our lives. Um, first, want to talk about John Stewart. He was uh, on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. CBS is the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. This was in June of 2021, and he actually uh, had the uh, testicular fortitude. To uh, show some bravery with humor and actually got some of the audience on his side, he thought that there was a chance that COVID was created in the lab at a time when such such musings were uh, demonized. Clip 12, James, if you please.
2: What What, what do you mean by? It? Do you mean like well, the, so perhaps a, was, there's perhaps there's a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A chance? Well, but so, I don't. Oh my If God. there is evidence, I'd love to hear. It. There's I don't a know. N- novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. That's just, that's just a little too weird. Don't you think? And then they ask those scientists, they're like, how did this... So wait a minute. You work at the Wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. Mm.
3: And you're like, no. Well, he definitely has bragging rights today. Uh, assisting in the opining and analyzing one of my regulars, John Jordan, CEO of Jordan Winery. You've got to have his stuff. The stuff tastes great. He's also an attorney and a Fox News contributor. John Jordan, good to have you back. And John Stewart was on the money, was he not, sir?
0: Yeah, and particularly funny, too. I mean, so what he's alluding to is a fact to which we were all privy and was, uh, everyone knew about back then. And that is that there was only one bio level four, which is the maximum security for viruses mm-hmm. uh, in all of China, believe it or not, where they were doing this. And it's in Wuhan. So you, so you, if you believe that, if, you know, some animal kissed another animal, you are, be- <laughs> you are basically conceding that this is one hell of a coincidence. Really? That that the only bio level four facility in all of China is right there and right next to the so called wet market where you know a, a turkey you know one animal who knows what animals do right I mean I have dogs but they, they who know you you're basically it stretches credulity it's the coincidence everybody knew everybody knew this now your question and your open was is it pitchfork time I think there is a, a massive backlash to the media and distrust of government. And distrust of government has enormous political implications because the Biden administration and the left, their their whole shtick, I mean, since ever since Karl Marx put pen to paper, was that civil society should revolve around the government, we should trust the government to do the right thing and cede our freedom in exchange for, quote-unquote, security. That entire argument has now been undermined for, I think, a generation after this. Because now it's seeping into pop culture where even like the John Stewart's of the world are admitting it. Even CNN is running stories about you know how it's the FBI and the Department of Energy now that there's, now there's it's more likely than not. And this is according to CNN that it, came from a, that, that it came from a Chinese lab. So the hypocrisy is now being exposed in such a scale as to undermine government and undermine the, the, the notion that we should sacrifice more of our income, more of our freedom – an autonomy uh, to experts,
3: and it seems so to I be transcending
0: profound political implications.
3: And it seems to be transcending the left's normal ability to insulate uh, woke government uh, than has usually been the case. Right? It does seem to be that it's almost like the the waves of reality are so high and are crashing so strongly against the dikes of denial, if you will, that those dikes of denial aren't working anymore. I mean, there's just so much reality coming across that the normal spin merchants in the left-wing media just they're have too much to handle, right?
0: Yeah, they're overwhelmed now. And so now they are, you look at the numbers where distrust in the media is happening, um, people walking away from CNN, MSNBC, and a lot of these hosts now, and their credibility is so damaged that now it's not that the media wants to all of a sudden do the right thing, that they're having some sort of you know, crisis of conscience. They're not. What they're doing is realizing now they have to save their own skin
3: they no lose all credibility. For them,
0: yeah, they have to save their own skin now. And that's so forcing them to choose between ideology and their livelihoods. So
3: then let me ask you what I've asked some of my previous guests today. Is it now fair to say that from this point on, any time the government and Fourth Estate tag team to demonize and censor those who dare to question their supremacy in public discourse, that all the American people have to do, all they have to do to, is they can credibly tell them all to get stuffed just by pointing to their own self-invalidating history, yes? Yeah, exactly.
0: And and the, the media recognize, is, is slowly recognizing this and is having to adapt. Um, and again, it's not out of altruism or or, or belief. It is... That, uh, you know, the, look at the media world is fragmenting. Uh, you know, you, you know, people, viewership of cable news and viewership, a lot of these shows is really falling off. Even like, for example, in the, in the cultural arena, like the SAG Awards the other night was yeah. at an all time low. People aren't buying what the media social, you know, censorship is a big is a thing now. It's part of the American discourse. And it wasn't supposed to be this way according to the left. We're all supposed to accept it and accept their reshaping of American society. And it's coming unspun and rather badly.
3: Really? And they can't get away with it by just saying, oh, we're fighting misinformation, because that doesn't cut it. I mean, this is where I remind my listeners that accusations of misinformation and disinformation, these yeah. these things must be shown, not merely declared. They've got to be yeah. illustrated, not merely asserted. Yeah, it's, it's
0: impossible to overstate the breadth and the tentacles of this. And it even goes into the area of crime. Remember the summer of 2020, we were supposed to accept, you know, uh, so many of the ideas about policing and so many left wing ideas. You look at Lori Lightfoot, she might not even make the runoff in Chicago. You may have a guy who's relatively conservative, who's running on, 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 on straightening out Chicago's crime problem. He may end up being the next mayor of Chicago, and that is a titanic blow. New York Times coming after San Francisco the other day.
3: Wow, it's a head shaker! It's a head shaker. Anyway, always a blast having, <laughs> always a blast having you on, John Jordan, everybody, CEO of Jordan Winery, attorney, as well as Fox News contributor extraordinaire. You're listening to the Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Thanks again, everybody.
0: The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.